Intuitive Word of Beauties, it's Mona Lisa and it's Intuitive Tuesday, the radio show helping intuitives, introverts, and empaths manifest the conscious and abundant life that they desire. Today, I am super, super excited to bring you Andrea Thlassen of Sapphire Training. Andrea is a certified personal trainer. She is a 230-hour registered yoga instructor and mindset shifter. Her goal is to help you make yourself a priority again by creating your fitness lifestyle that sets your soul on fire. She does this by helping you find your core desired feelings and helps you implement them into your fitness lifestyle. Andrea believes training is so much more than working out and it's truly about helping you reclaim your fitness story. So I'm so thrilled to be interviewing Andrea today. I've known her for a couple of years now and have had the pleasure of working with her and watching her fitness business grow and evolve. So Andrea, say hi for a second. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so excited to have you. So, you know, I know that the type of training you've done has evolved and the type of the, your business today has evolved from where it first started. So can you tell us a little bit more about your training philosophy and how it's evolved over the past couple of years? Yeah. So I will, I guess I'll start kind of at the beginning um, of my training journey. So I've been kind of training now for about nine years. And um, when I first started, I was a very probably typical trainer in the sense that I thought everyone had to work out for an hour, like six days a week to see any results. So, um, you know, that's what I've to, I would prescribe that to clients and, um, lo and behold, most people did not, (laughs) they couldn't make that work. Um, they failed quite a bit. So, um, and then what happens, I guess, you know, once you miss a few workouts, then most people would kind of cash it in. And this is when I was in at a gym. So I kind of started tweaking and playing around with things when I was working at a gym and kind of switched to just like 30 minute sessions with clients and saw people, you know, getting results. And we just kind of did more high impact, um, training. And so from there, basically I've kind of evolved. I'm like the 30 minute trainer. They call me (laughs) at the gym because I'm one of the few people who do that. And then with that, I'm much more kinder approach to fitness. Um, I just recently became a yoga teacher as well. And I took um, a nine month course and that really has transitioned my training into being much more, um, kind of holistic, listen to your body. What do you need that day? And so I'm, you know, telling clients if they're coming in exhausted, I'm like, you know what, we're just going to do yoga today. And they're like, Oh, I really want to do a workout. I'm like, yeah, but we're just going to beat your body down. We got to listen to what your body is telling us. And so people have really, you know, taken on to this and are seeing better results. And just, I love that, it, you know, people are starting to listen to what they actually need rather than just saying, oh, well, I should do this or I should do that, um, which happens a lot, I think, in fitness. And so just kind of being like, okay, what is my body telling me today? Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love that. And for you, like as an entrepreneur, how did you get the confidence to start incorporating all of the different things that you re- that really speak to you? Because I see in the beginning, like a lot of women really are looking for their own voice and their own niche. So how did you, how were you able to grow with it and know in which direction to go in? Yeah, that's kind of been evolving, I guess, because I have, I've started my own business about four years ago now. And, um, I've really kind of evolved my business as I've evolved as a trainer. Mm-hmm. And so I basically saw the benefits that yoga was providing me in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I really need to, you know, show my clients how to do this. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, for me to do it in the training sense, you know, since I'm a certified trainer, I was like, okay, I need to take a teaching course. So I know how to teach this properly and really get kind of the ins and outs of it. 
Um, and that's kind of where I shifted to was just like, wow, this is helping me so much. I really want to share this with other people and find that balance and find that blend. And I've actually had quite a few clients these last um, few months come to me and are exactly looking for kind of that balance with that yoga and strength training. And so it's kind of nice. It's you know everything's evolved, unfolded. I mean, I think as it should. Um, and I'm just kind of going with it. That's awesome. I know you now incorporate core desired feelings into your training. I thought that was so cool. How do you do that? Yeah, my first, probably the first um, couple sessions when I work with clients, I have kind of a 90 day um, program that I have everyone fill out with their goals and all of that, and then put their core desired feelings in there so they can really, and a lot of times, people um, that first start training, that's not even on their radar. And they're like, what is this? And then they're like, oh, I get to write down like, what I want to feel like, you know, like not even just in workouts, but just in their life in general. And then, you know, we can kind of say, okay, is this workout, does it make you feel any of those things? Or is it complete opposite? We're probably in the wrong direction in terms of what we're doing for your workout. If we're not, you know, if you if you want to feel playful, but yet you feel like it's so, you know, rigid, you know, we yeah. got to figure out how can we incorporate play into your workout? So that's kind of what um, I kind of evolved into, I guess, again, this last, probably this last year, I've really taken that on. Um, and seeing some great benefits from it. I absolutely love that. It's so true that everything you learn, you know, like just in your life, it's not in related to fitness, but related to everything. It's like it comes back to you being able to help your clients enrich their lives even more. And that's what it sounds like you're saying. So, so, so oh, cool. yeah. sharing all of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So can you tell us a little bit about your life today? I know you're a new mom and you're an entrepreneur and you're a trainer. So how do you make time for everything you want to do? Like, I know you have this, like read 52 books a year project. So how do you get everything done? <laughs> yeah, that I, my life has totally shifted <laughs> now the past, my son's almost nine months. And so, um, I think going into it, I was thinking it was going to be a lot different. Um, like I thought I could do a ton of things, you know, while he was napping or, um, you know, like my son is kind of almost walking already. And so, you know, just, you can't plan any of that. So he's walking a little bit earlier than most kids do. So I've had to be kind of on my toes with him for the last few months. And so I thought I'd have a few more months where I can just chill and do some of my business, you know, and my admin tasks at home. But really what it's kind of turned into is me doing admin tasks, like with my um, computer sitting on my couch and like kind of typing, watching him. And then we'll time to play. We'll put the computer away. So it's just kind of chaotic, but it works right now. And, um, you know, kind of managing all of that. It's like, I'm training in the morning. So I actually train in-home clients in the mornings and my husband, um, his job primarily is afternoons and evenings. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of flip flop and then I'm home and then I do some online clients at night after my son has went to bed. And then it's me trying to manage around nap times or around times where he can peacefully sit and play and try to get in some admin tasks during the day. So it's definitely a shift from what I used to do. Um, I have to prioritize things a lot more. So I pick three things that I really need to get done that day. And that's <laughs> what I tackle. And I used to be, as you knew, I'm like 10 things on my list. I'm like, yeah. here we go. Yeah. So it was like quite a shock when I first was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm doing nothing. Yeah, You know, I am, but it's just a lot different. I remember, <laughs> I remember. what telling you to do. I was like, Andrea, you need to pick three things to do. And you're like, wait, three things. Like, <laughs> You added so, and I felt like the resistance around it. You're like, three things, I don't know about this. But you went for it. It sounds like now, like with where you are in your life, it's totally working and keeping you more focused. So that's awesome. 
For sure. Yeah, that's where you have to definitely prioritize and be like, okay, do I really need to do this? Right, right. Let's push it off. (laughs) So priority is really, really important. Cool. So lifestyle is big for many of my listeners. And, you know, like we all desire to have a more abundant and free lifestyle and feel joy in our core desired feelings every single day. Um, So I I wanted to ask you, can you share with us what it means to have a fitness lifestyle? What does that mean? Yeah, so that's kind of my strive to help most people get to is kind of a fitness based lifestyle. And to me, it just means that you can go and do your workouts and built into your life routine. So you're not Mm. having to say, Oh, I really should get to the gym. You know, instead, Mm. you're like, Okay, you know, it's 6am, my alarm clock went off, I know I would like to be at the gym at 630. And it's just kind of part of your life. And it's part of your routine. And um, so some of the ways that I kind of help people do that, I kind of have three different areas where we tackle to kind of help build this. Um, so I thought it might be helpful to share with all the listeners awesome. as well. Yeah. So the first one I usually do is I help people find, kind of find your why into why you started um, working out. Mm-hmm. So I read a book, um, as you said before, I do love reading, um, <laughs> No Sweat. And it's, oh, I don't remember the lady's name, but it's Seeger is her last name. That really changed um, my whole approach to fitness after reading this. And finding your why is one of the premise and is pretty much the whole philosophy of the book is if you don't know why you're working out and doesn't necessarily mean it can mean a goal, but usually it means why did you start working out your very first time? So for me, like I started when I was 16 is when I started lifting weights and I did it just to stay in shape for basketball and just, and then I thought it was fun. Mm -hmm. So my why is kind of tied to fun. So it's really deep Mm -hmm. and it's ingrained in me. Now, most people, you know, they have to think back, okay, why did I start working out? You know, and I, I do this with clients and I had a client recently say, you know what? I don't know if I want to go there. There's a lot of fear. There's just a lot around that. She's like, I think I know why, but to dig that out again, it's very hard for me to, you know, really process. And she's like, I can't share it with you yet. I have to process some of these emotions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes that why can be very um, tough to get to. And other times, you know, I have some clients who are grandmas and their why's literally is so they can get down on the floor and they don't have to crawl to the couch to get up. They can get up off the floor after playing with their grandkids without crawling over to a couch. You know, like, so all the whys can come in different shapes and sizes. And it's kind of figuring out, okay, why did I start working out? And is this um, work, can I clarify, is this working out? Yeah. Why did you start working out in the very beginning when you first started? Like, you know, when you were maybe 16? Or is it why recently? It can be in the very beginning is usually the best. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, super young and it didn't stick, that's probably not your start of your workout journey, but maybe you've tried working out and you started, you know, after college and you've tried it and you failed and you tried and failed. Mm-hmm. So it's usually that very first time, well, why did you start trying in the first place? Mm-hmm. And then, um, sometimes a lot of times, um, it can be body. Like I want to feel good and look good in jeans. Mm-hmm. And, um, that can be sometimes I was talking to another person like, well, I feel like that's such a shallower vein reason. And I was like, no, I'm like, that's mm-hmm. your why. I'm like, if that's what motivates you, that's your why. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, don't right, be ashamed. Right. Totally. I think a lot of people actually, that is their why. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just kind of owning whatever that reason that you started is and, um, you know, writing it down if you need to, or sharing it with someone and that will help kind of get your journey going. Cool. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. So the next step, um, is accountability. So this one is key that I have found for, you know, creating that lifestyle is, do you have like a spouse? Do you have a friend? Do you have a trainer? Um, do you have some people at the gym who are, you know, saying, yes, I want to see you there, um, for your workouts. So I used to 
like for instance, like I post pictures, especially, you know, postpartum, I've been posting pictures of me working out on Instagram and I'm like, okay, this originally started as, you know, kind of motivation, but I was like, this is actually motivation for me to get to the gym too, because I'm, you know, owning it. Like I'm here, I'm working hard. And so that's kind of, I used to, I mean, totally, I used to judge, be like, oh, they're posting another workout picture. And now I'm like, oh, I love it. Like that's their motivation. Like they need that accountability. So, um, you know, that could be an accountability piece as well. And then the last thing I like to talk about with fitness lifestyles, reframing exercise. So what that means is a lot of the times we think, or we might've thought, okay, walking doesn't count as a workout when it totally does. Or, you know, going to a yoga class, that's not really a workout. That's more of a rest day when it's not, um, like 10 minutes. If we only do 10 minutes a day, that doesn't count, you know, and those are all kind of stories that we've told ourselves or throughout the years, that's something that we've picked up on. And we just kind of have to reframe, okay, what, what does it mean to exercise? You know, um, in this book, you know, they talk about even vacuuming, cleaning the house. If you're doing that count, you know, going out and doing yard work, like you're moving, you're not just sitting. So that's something that, um, I'm really trying to tell my clients is just, you know, did you get, were you active over the weekend? Even if you didn't do a traditional workout in a sense. And they're like, yeah, I got some walks in. I'm like, perfect. You were moving. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm trying to teach people too, is just be a little bit kinder to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. And to count the things that maybe don't, people don't usually count. I love that because like you said, vacuuming can definitely count. And then you're vacuuming and working out at the same time. Exactly. So I, I absolutely love that. So why is it even important? Why is it important? Do you think specifically for women entrepreneurs as one yourself to incorporate fitness into their lives? So Definitely. I think ideas come after workouts, you know, sometimes <laughs> yeah. people say, this is like the best ideas or like, I just got a great workout. Um, so if you know, that's you like bring up, you know, pen and paper and start <laughs> ideas or write it in your phone. Like I'm literally at the end of workouts. I pull my phone out and start writing notes. Cause I'm like, yeah. oh, great. Or this is motivational. So I think that's one of the keys. And then another one is sometimes if we don't work out, we notice that, okay, we're, especially if you're at home and working from home, like you might not ever really leave or see things. And so sometimes like that stagnant energy is just kind of, we're just doing the same thing day after day and we're not moving any of the energy or prana through the body. And so that's where, you know, getting up and moving is going to help get that energy going. And that's probably going to give you some ideas as well. Mm-hmm. If you're stuck in an idea, you know, at home and you're like, oh, why can't I think this through, you know, getting up and moving might help. Awesome. I, I love that. I didn't realize that that was a thing when people would work out and then get an idea after. I thought that that was just like, it, it happened to me. Like it happens to me actually quite often now that you say that. So it's really cool that you point that out, that that's definitely a plus of, of co- incorporating fitness. Very, very for cool. sure. <laughs> and so what does fitness provide for you that you couldn't live without as an entrepreneur? Well, for me, I'm super, uh, I get cranky and I get angry if I don't work out. Like if I go more than three days, like for me, that's just peace of mind for everyone around me. And so I found that like when people get to that routine and create that lifestyle, people, that is something that people notice. They're like, wow, I, why am I snapping at someone? They're like, really haven't worked out or moved today. That's could be why. So sometimes really building that lifestyle, you know, for anyone, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. I do notice like the mood the mood lifting and just those side effects that, you know, come through workouts and it also reduces anxiety. So I know that's helpful too, for anyone who has their own business to just kind of, okay, I just need a little time, even though you might not feel you have the time, you know, you know, getting at least 10 minutes and doing something, it's going to kind of help reduce some anxiety issues as well. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. And I know recently you started to dive into Ayurveda, and I think that this ties into what you were just saying about kind of living the fitness lifestyle and incorporating the principles of Ayurveda into it is a big part of your work now today. So can you tell me, you know, what, what applied to a woman who has decided to start her own business and to go for it? What are some Ayurvedic principles that she could take with her? So I have um, the course that I'm going through. It's another nine month course. Um, I seem to like those nine month courses, <laughs> but it's from Kate Stillman and she has a book. It's called Body Thrive. And so what she's done is she broke it down into 10 kind of digestible habits. So I'll share with you a few of those and kind of basically, I think these are great for anyone. And are they all easy? By no means. No. I mean, it take, I've learned these a year ago and it took me whole year before I'm finally like, okay, I'm ready to make some of these changes. Mm -hmm. Um, so the first one, that's a really awesome one that I've literally just came around to is early and lighter dinners. Mm -hmm. And, um, what that really means is you're eating before like between five and 6 PM or as early as four 30 for your last meal. So for most people, that's really early. Mm -hmm. Um, it was for me as well. And so if you are someone who eats at seven or eight at night, you know, just starting by backing up your dinner by 15 minutes, so if you were at eight, you know, maybe start down to 745, try to eat it um, and just kind of slowly backing it up until you're in that five to 6 p.m. Um, time frame. So that's the first part. And then the second part is the lighter part. So, you know, since we're in fall, winter season is coming up um, like soups are kind of pretty much what I've been eating about the last month is soups for dinner most nights of the week. So maybe one or two times a week. Um usually Friday or Saturday, my husband might be home. Um, and then we eat together. So then I'll have whatever I make for us, like salmon or something. Mm -hmm. So then I'll have some more of a quote unquote traditional dinner. So otherwise I'm eating soups and that's what I feed my son as well, some vegetables from there. And so it actually makes it, you know, quite easy in the terms of, I don't have to think about what's for dinner. Mm -hmm. I've already and I've thought that through and I have my vegetable and chicken broths on hand and then, you know, just cutting up some vegetables and cooking it for like 20 minutes and there's your dinner. So, and then after that kitchen's supposed to be closed and then, you know, you're done eating for the night. So that's one of the Ayurvedic practices. Um, and that does take a huge discipline to kind of come around to that one. Um, since I was introduced to that a year ago, I was not ready to make that change yet. Um, but I've been doing it now and really seeing the benefits of it. And one of the reasons that you do it is because it's supposed to aid in digestion. So you're digesting between 10 and two, no matter if it's AM or PM, those are your digestion hours. So if you eat too close to bedtime, um, what can happen is the heart burns or you're waking up with like weird stomach pains in the middle of the night, um, cause you ate a little bit too close to bedtime. And then, um, you know, you have those issues because you're trying to digest, but you're just laying there. So that's one of the principles and that's one of the things that, um, Ayurveda has taught me. Um, another one is the healthy eating and that's pretty much their philosophy is mostly plants, um, eating in season. So foods that are in season and the hard part for me with this one is you're not supposed to snack throughout the day. So, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> that yeah. So I found that I am like, okay, since I've been doing this, I am totally was, a grazer and uh, would just eat kind of throughout the day, especially, you know, if I'm working out and I'll come back and I'm hungry, just mm -hmm. grab a snack. So instead I'm much more conscious about what I'm eating. Um, and to make the no snacks work, that means lunch has to be your biggest kind of meal. 
So flipping, you know, what you would traditionally eat at dinner time to your lunchtime meal. And that actually makes a huge difference. I have found if I don't eat enough at lunch, then I know I'm going to have to have a snack in the afternoon. Otherwise, I'm going to pass out. So that's kind of where I figured out, you know, that balance. Um, another one that they talk about is early to bed and early to rise. And so basically in bed by 10 p.m., because um, we can talk about the doshas if you want as well. But that's kind of um, hitting into the pitta time and the kapha time is ending. So that's why you want to be into bed by then. And then early in to bed rise. sleeping in bed. Yep. You're trying to be in bed sleeping by 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and then early to rise is like rising with the sun. So when the sun comes up, you're, you know, getting up or before that. So around six is kind of that window that they kind of give you around that time. So again, that can be hard um, for people. That one's something that I've, I'm always early to bed. So that one wasn't as hard for me to adjust to. Mm-hmm. But as you just said, you're like 10 p.m. <laughs> I'm like, am I reading or what? <laughs> <laughs> Most people, you know, probably aren't quite as early into bed at that. But reading is a great thing to do before. Like, so if you know, you know, okay, I'm going to, I want to read, hop into bed at like 930 and then, you know, lights out by 10. So those are, you know, three of them. And then the last one is meditation um, that she talks about. And that one is something that, um, you know, you can do in the beginning of the day, the end of the day in Ayurveda is what they recommend is both. So a little bit when you wake up in the morning and a little bit before you go to bed. So I've typically right now just doing morning because I'm just, I think I tried evening, but evening I'm too, I'm too close to falling asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those are some of the body thrive um, principles of the Ayurveda that she broke down, which I found super, you know, manageable. And again, not easy. You really have to be wanting to make those changes, mm-hmm. um, you know, before you kind of jump into any of those habits. Well, what have been the main benefits of you? Like, since you've been incorporating these principles into your life, like what have been, what's been the biggest change for you since you've been doing this? I would definitely say um, the early lighter dinners and then just kind of my healthy eating and eating what's in season. Mm-hmm. I am like, wow, I'd never thought I really had like digestive issues before mm-hmm. or like weird stomach pains. Um, but I'm like, wow, I can like all of that's went away. I was like this, you know, like sometimes you don't know what healthy feels like because you, ah. you know, like, I had so much weird process things that, you know, were not heavily processed, but still were a little bit. And then once you take those out of your diet, because mostly they were in my snacks, I was like, wow. Like, I, I mean, I just feel great all the time, like very minimal bloating, um, like all of those just weird things that you're like, wow, this is, I feel great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all I think the biggest benefits for me has been that. And that's why I have really had no issue with the early later dinner after I've seen um, just how great I felt that I'm like, I don't want to go back to eating what I would eat before, like a bigger, heavier meal. Even when I do it, you know, maybe once a week, I I do notice the side effect in the morning. Um, I have more, they call it ama on your tongue, which is when you wake up, sometimes you have that like white gunky feeling on your tongue. Mm -hmm. And that's where you do the early, lighter dinners. You'll start noticing that that's kind of goes away because you've digested your food. So when you have that on your tongue, when you wake up, you haven't processed or digested your food from the night before. Ah, so that's also a fun little fact. If, interesting. Oh, why do I feel like my tongue is thicker? Yeah. And then you have to think, oh, what did I have last? That was not digested. Still on my tongue. It's ah, so crazy. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm totally going to check that my tongue out tomorrow morning. <laughs> yes. And that's, that's part of their principles, too. And I have a tongue scraper now that I use and mm-hmm. do all that stuff just to kind of check in with that. Because those are little things that you don't think about for your health. 
that, um, you know, you're like, wow, seeing what my tongue looks like, you know, really affects my whole body. Cause that is your kind of sign to say, huh, what did I have last night? And that clearly did, you know, upset my stomach and noticing those things. Like I used green lentils instead of red lentils in a soup mm-hmm. and green lentils upset my stomach. And I was like, I would have never probably even, yeah. you know, that's until I was like, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So slowing down, I mean, this is the main thing, paying attention to what, you know, you're putting in your body. Yeah. It, it almost seems like, like I've gone on cleanses before and it seems, and whenever I go on a cleanse, I always feel absolutely amazing, like when I'm in it and after it, but this seems like a sustainable way of just feeling great all the time rather than like the window of time that you're on a cleanse. <laughs> that's how yeah. I'm kind of relating to it. Yep. Yep. And that's, I mean, it's once you kind of wrap your mind, that's why I said it's tough at first if you're like, wow, that's way too much. But if you're just like, okay, what can I wrap my head around? What could I try to do? You know, maybe you start with just scraping or paying attention in the morning, you know, and then you just start backing your dinner up by 15 minutes. And then, you know, little changes, not trying to overhaul everything at once, because that's when most people fail. That's why we do little at a time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know you mentioned the doshas um, a little bit when you were talking about it. Can you tell us a little bit about the doshas and why it's important to know what dosha you are? Yeah, so the doshas are um, just kind of a way to describe your emotional and physical body. Um, In training, we actually had a different name for them. But it's literally the same thing, only it's not the emotional side of the body is what I've learned. Because I was like, oh, these are very familiar. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's why. So it's kind of ancient wisdom about the bodies. So knowing your dosha, you can know if something is imbalanced. So sometimes vatas, if you're um, a vata, and you can take these quizzes online. So Deepak Chopra has got a really good one on his website to find out your dosha. Um, but once you know your dosha, you'll be able to kind of tap into like, oh, I kind of understand myself a little bit better. Vadas tend to be a little bit more, you know, that's air and ether, a little bit more spacey or can kind of, you know, if you are like, shoot, where's my phone? I can't find my phone, you know, and you're talking on it meanwhile, and you're like, where should I put my phone? That means your vada's a little out of balance, um, which means you probably got a little bit too much going on because you're not being able to, you know, center and focus. So your kaphas are more your grounding principles. So that would mean you need to bring a little bit more kapha into your life. So like the meditation to kind of ground down and, you know, connect back to the earth because earth is connected to the kapha. Um, And then pittas are kind of your fiery, um, your competitive drive people Um, can be, you know, when you're out of whack, I guess, or imbalanced in your pitta, you tend to get, um, you know, things start to swell. So like you get inflammation in the body. Because that's the fire and that's the heat. And so knowing that, then you can say, okay, what am I laser focused in a little bit too much um, that I need to tone her down a notch? Um, I primarily, I'm almost all three identically, but I do tip a little bit more towards the pitta. So that's where, you know, and some of the competitive athletes can tip a little pitta. So then you'll know, okay, I bring that into my business. I'm way too much laser focused in on one thing. You know, I got to tone that down a notch. Otherwise, things kind of go awry in the body. So that's kind of where you can kind of figure out, okay, well, if I know, you know, that's my problem, then I'm like, that's why, you know, my shoulder has been inflamed. It's because I'm laser focused on something, you know, it could be in your business, it could be in your life, and it's causing issues with the shoulder. So those are some of the things that you can kind of come to when you really understand the, you know, three doshas and how they can apply to your body, both physically and mentally. 
That's awesome. That's so cool how you can kind of self figure out what's going on. And it doesn't have to be this like, you know, my shoulder hurts. I'm going to go to the doctor and try to figure it out. But you can actually heal yourself and have that awareness just by paying attention to what your dosha is and by following these principles. That's so awesome. Totally. And that I do that with one of my clients because we were like, I was like, she kept going to the doctor. She couldn't figure yeah. out what was wrong. So I was kind of talking her through. I'm like, okay, would you be open to this? Uh-huh. I'm like, let's think about it from this perspective and see what's a little off in your body. And so she was totally open with it. And so we're still working on trying to figure out pinpoint exactly what it is and what's off balance and trying to correct that. So it's kind of fun, you know, to kind of play around and be like, okay, this is, this could be it. Cause the doctors can't figure out what's, you know, what's uh-huh. ailing. her. So let's look a little bit, de- you know, different because Ayurveda really means the science of life. Hmm. Huh. So cool. So you incorporate this into your training as well. You're starting to put um, the principles into it and work with your clients in that way. Yeah, I totally am like, I'm the hippy dippy trainer, but That's yes, so I cool. totally do. Yeah. I do the combo. Cool. <laughs> so, so awesome. So I want to shift gears a little bit and ask you, you know, many of my clients and listeners find it hard to make themselves a priority, right? So they, they like the idea of making themselves a priority of having a fitness lifestyle, but it seems like they're stuck in old patterns of taking care of everything else before taking care of themselves. And I know that this is something that you have, you know, worked through yourself, you know, like making yourself a priority and, and really making that reality as opposed to just some like fantasy land thing that could happen one day, right? So what are some some tips that you can give us for finally making ourselves a priority? And what does that even look like in real life? Yeah, so making yourself a priority, I definitely, um, you know, I see this a lot because my, my two main, you know, kind of people that I work with, I work with a lot of women who own their own business, and then a lot of stay at home moms. And so typically, those two levels, it's tough, because, you know, we take care of everything else but ourselves. Um, so I really start, you know, start small and start making little incremental changes. Like maybe you get up a little bit early and then you, um, you know, sit down and do a meditation if that's something that you're looking to incorporate in your life. Um, you know, maybe it is after the kids go to bed, you know, you dry yourself a bubble bath. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it's, you know, taking time to read a book at night. Um, you know, checking out a book from the library and saying, you know what, I am going to do this. You know, and really the more you can kind of put it on your calendar and make an appointment with yourself and treat it as something that's unbreakable, um, those things are more likely to happen. Because a lot of times what happens is, you know, we look at our calendars and it's quite full and then we're like, okay, well, I can push this off because I'm, you know, it's just with myself, yes. you know? So that's where I have people who will do that with workouts where they're like, oh, well, I'm not meeting Andrew today. So I guess I'll just skip it. Cause I have to do something with, you know, for my business. Yeah. So those are the things where we have to say, you know what, it's on my calendar. This is important yeah. to me. So I'm actually going to show up for it because that just kind of shows you I'm showing up for myself. I am making myself yes. important. Oh my so gosh. I'm so inspired. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Making your, making an appointment with yourself and keeping it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So good. I mean, I can even relate to putting, like, I'm so guilty of putting work out in my calendar. And then that's the first thing if I get busy to go. And yep. now I'm like, oh my God, after this conversation, this is going to change. <laughs> so thank you. Yes, yes. Make so, yourself a priority. <laughs> right. Totally. So what is the vision now for you and your, and your online business? So how do you see having an online business and taking, you know, you, you have a lot of in-home clients and now you're starting to go online. So how do you see that supporting your desires and what you want in your life today? 
So I've really, um, you know, I've done one-on-ones now for about nine years, um, in home. And then when I first started at the gyms and I, you know, I love, I love doing that and I love making those connections, but you know, since having my son, I'm like, okay, I really want to, um, you know, be at home and work online and help more people. Cause right now I'm limited into, you know, how many people I can see and I'm pretty much maxed out in home, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to help and I want to share, you know, my knowledge. Cause I am kind of a, I would say I'm a little bit on the rare side since I do have that yoga background and mm-hmm. I'm passionate about that and the Ayurveda and, mm-hmm. you know, the strength training, cardio, all of that background too. And I'm passionate about that. And so I'm kind of a weird blend of both. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you know, I want to share this because I think people are looking for this, but maybe have not even thought like, wow, someone actually approves of both because sometimes the communities don't speak well to each other. So I'm trying to like meld them together and show people, you know what, you can do both and you can have success at both. So I'm kind of transitioning into, um, you know, one-on-one work online, as well as um, working on creating kind of uh, my signature kind of mastermind course, because I really think that accountability piece is huge. Um, and that's what I'm going to work on next year is putting together some of this knowledge that I came up through, you know, we will be going on 10 years of training and, you know, putting it together so I can, you know, help more people, um, and, you know, spread the word about, you know, Ayurveda and, you know, fitness and yoga and you can make time and it is possible to blend that perfect fitness lifestyle for yourself. You're such a perfect example of somebody who's really taken all of like the things she's interested in and her desires and what really lights her up and has put it together in in a business that is really you and it's unique to you, right? Like so many people get into wanting to be, you know, a trainer or a coach or having a business, but then they say, well, it's been done before, but I feel like you're proof of the fact that it's done before, but it's not been done by you in the way that you want to do it. So absolutely amazing. Thank you for inspiring probably everybody listening here with that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So you have an amazing podcast called the Peaceful Power Podcast, which I highly recommend to everybody listening here. So besides the Peaceful Power Podcast, um, is there anywhere else where we can learn more about you? Yeah, um, over on my website, it's uh, sapphiretraining.com, and it's spelled S-A, the word fire. Um, And then the other place I love hanging out is on Instagram. And then there, I'm at sapphire underscore Andrea. And then I do do Facebook Lives, um, and that's just at Sapphire Training on Facebook. I have not gotten to them in a few weeks, but I really do love going on. Um, Just the last time I did it, my son... It's very hard when you have the eight month old and he's there and then I bring him on camera and he's talking and it's a hot mess, but I really do try. And so sometimes you get that with me on Facebook live other times. (laughs) No, no Jalen. Sometimes he makes an appearance. Sometimes he doesn't. So I try to provide some good quality content and I actually did do, um, kind of talking about the energy cycle and doshas more in depth. So I got to do that again without Jalen interrupting. (laughs) I know. I love peeking in and watching you with Jalen and you just make it happen. It's so cool. Like any moms out there who think you can't do all this and have a business, it's so doable. Get on and watch Andrea do it. It's so, she's cool. So (laughs) yeah, you just kind of do it, right? Cool. So are there any last words that you have for the intuitive Tuesday listeners today? I would just say, um, you know, if you have not made yourself a priority in whatever form that means, you know, put yourself on your calendar. Um, you know, maybe you start with just like 15 minutes a day of whatever, you know, if it's reading meditation, yoga, or workouts, or just sitting in a bubble bath, you know, if make yourself a priority somehow this week. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for that reminder. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this session of Intuitive Tuesday. Thank you so much for being on the call, Andrea. And I'll see everybody else next Tuesday for the next episode of Intuitive Tuesday. <laughs>